Do you have enough space for your computer? Uh, I should. I don't think I, maybe I should have checked before I did this. Uh, how do I even check how much storage I have? Go, you have a Mac, right? See. Um, go to the Apple in the top left corner. Okay. Click on that and then click about this Mac. Mm -hmm. Am I doing it right? Okay. Yeah, and then storage. And then storage. What? Where is storage? Okay, wait. On the little thing about, did you go to about this map? Yeah, and then it brings up that little- uh, Yeah, and then at the top- Overview? Okay. No, I'm at system preferences. That's the wrong thing about this map. I'm sorry. Okay. About this map. It's calculating. It's doing math. Okay. It's doing max. Max. Are you British now? Stop. Oi. That's how I'm going to open the show. Hi, Mox and Max. They go from Belfast, apparently. Yeah. I'm the child. Year 11, I got hi, Mox and Max. Oh, I have like, oh, wait, it's changing. I have like 100 gigs. That should be enough. That should be fine. I, okay. I think you're good. I think you're clear on that. On that end. I, just, I just did not want you to find out like 20 minutes into this. That Ricky is going to absolutely strangle me because all of this has been recorded. That's fine. Hi, Ricky. Hi, Ricky. Um, okay. Okay, loves. Let me get this started. You're stuck like that. You have to do that the whole time. Hello. I don't know if I'm supposed to like, I already started the recording. Okay. Oh, and you can edit it out. <laughs> scene. Um, welcome everyone to another edition of Oscar Central. Uh, my name is Jacob and I, today I will be the host. We are without Kinsey um, for very dramatic reasons. Everyone text her and send her your love. Um, I'm just kidding. I think she was just out for Father's Day. Uh, which, speaking of, happy Father's Day to all the the daddies and papas out there. Ken, uh, um, even Kenneth Branagh and Pedro Pascal. <laughs> the way that I have muted myself to say happy Father's Day to Pedro Pascal. Happy Father's Day to Pedro Pascal. Happy Father's Day to my father, Kenneth Branagh. But we're still here with a lot of uh, very familiar faces. Um, Adriano, how are you? I'm good. Happy Father's Day to you, Jacob. Thank you. Thank you. I need it for all of my many children. Um, and we're here with Nicole and Lex. Lex is a little inebriated. She's downing the mics hard, super, I've had super heavy. One mics hard. Thank you very much. I've also had which fun. for me is the equivalent of like two drinks, but I'm fine. Thank you. How are you guys? We're good. Okay. It's also Theo's. Oh, first yeah. And Theo. It's Theo's first podcast. Yeah. Also, happy Father's Day to me, a single parent of this dog. And me. I'm also a single parent to a dog. That is true. <laughs> and we're here with Jillian. How are you? Hi. Um, I'm okay. I'm recovering from an illness. So oh, no. it's fun, but doing well. Good. Um, well, I guess first off, if anyone, anyone's open, what are some recent things you guys have seen? Um, I guess I'll start with Adriano since I started with him first. Just some recent movies you've seen, maybe TV, anything um, um, like that. Just anything noteworthy. Um, well, I mean, literally 10 minutes before 
um i got on here uh i i finished season two of stranger things yes I know, i'm i'm absurdly behind nice. i don't think it deserves the, it's obviously flawed but i don't think it deserves the uh shit it gets season um, two does season two <laughs> is the weakest season i, I will why would you tell me okay. that? <laughs> your voice steve harrington's great now. oh okay um but i i i on friday i saw elvis which um i uh, <laughs> it's rough i'm not gonna lie it's uh oh, no. it's way too austin butler's awesome he's awesome in it and i even met him at the event and he's very very nice except he still does the elvis voice which is i was gonna say is he still doing it? which is a little embarrassing i'm not gonna lie i'm <laughs> but so hey. obsessed with that <laughs> Yeah, it's a little weird. That's <laughs> the voice we should all be doing for this. <laughs> Make us, yeah. I'm not going to do it, but I do a perfect Austin Butler. Elvis she does. I, I think we should all do it to make him feel better. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, but yeah, no, Butler's amazing. Uh, Butler's amazing, but it, it's just, it's, it, it's very, very long and you can feel the length and it's very all over the place and unfocused. So yeah, it's, it's a rough one for me. And I also saw Cha Cha Real Smooth, which, yeah, it's incredible. Yeah, that was my reaction to what Jacob just did. And yeah, it's amazing. It's perfectly timed for me because I turned 21 like a couple weeks ago. And yeah, very, very beautiful and funny film. I very, very much loved it. Awesome. Awesome. Um, I'm going to skip the Nicole Lex because I know it's a double. And I'm going to go Jillian. Anything you've seen recently? Um, because I've been home this entire week, I've been catching up on literally everything. Um, watched Cha Cha Real Smooth. Wasn't my fave. Sorry to everyone. I know that was like okay. everyone. Nope, nope. She's made a premature thing. exciting thing. Um, I appreciated the aesthetic. Uh, what else have I watched? I watched Fire Island. I watched Good Luck to You, Leo Grande. Um, oh my gosh. I watched, started watching American Auto. What other movies have I watched? Yeah, I've been watching like anything that has come out that I've missed. Watched like Hustle, like watched Halftime, the JLo documentary. Watched some random Ethan Hawke movie because he's in everything and he just pops up uh, so I've just been covering everything awesome I will I'll move over that cha-cha real smooth comment for <laughs> Nicole and Lex what have you guys been up to I over the last two weeks have watched almost all of Joseph Quinn's filmography um, because I am in love with him after Stranger Things 4 uh, I watched Dickensian, which is, I don't even know if I'm saying that right. Um, n- not the kind of show I'd normally go for, but I watched it for him. Uh, I watched the BBC uh, Les Mis. I watched this weird movie called Makeup. Um, that's kind of all I got going for me at this time. So don't worry. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to have her watch Cha-Cha Real Smooth soon. Good. Good. Okay. Uh, also, Irana, you said you were behind on Stranger Things. Um, as of today, I'm halfway through season one, episode five. I feel better now. Yeah, I'm <laughs> finally watching it, um, partially because we are going to the Stranger Things experience mm-hmm. next week um, in oh, New York City. Sick. So yeah. I probably should have an idea of what I'm seeing. But um, also because Lex and I have a deal where for every episode of Stranger Things I watch, she will watch an episode of Bridgerton. Um, I've seen the first three episodes of Bridgerton. Yeah. And it, it's not my cup of tea. 
but I am not a your woman cup of, my, of tea. It's not my cup of tea. Um, <laughs> but I am a woman of my word. And so I promised her, even if I hate it, I'll watch it. And so far, I hated it. Um, <laughs> I've not necessarily enjoyed it either. So we'll see. Yeah. I'm trying to think what else I've been watching. Um, I watched a film called Triple Threat, um, which is a really cute, like very indie movie that um, I interviewed the um, two of the producers, one of whom is also the writer and director that's coming to Music City Drive-In this week, um, as is my review of it. Um, and I also watched Good Luck to You, Leo Grande. Um, and my review for that is on Music City Drive-In already. So that's basically what I've been watching other than trying to make it through Stranger Things. Okay, awesome. Yeah, I uh, I have done my fourth watch through of Cha-Cha Real Smooth. And I already have my fifth plan for Wednesday. I'm going to go see it in theaters. Um, I saw Lightyear. Oh, yeah, I saw that, too. Forgot to mention it. Fun. I also <laughs> saw it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, not what I was expecting. Way better than Toy Story 4. Um, but it was fun. Uh, other than that, I haven't really seen too much. I do see Elvis tomorrow, which I am optimistically excited about <laughs> God um, I'm actually actually I got the I got the request on Friday uh, they sent out a mass email wrong name uh, and they said it for screen X which I've never seen a movie in screen X and so I don't know how this is gonna work <laughs> in, Elvis in screen, and X. screen X yeah. is that the like immersive it's like that's the, the one the... with the ones on the walls so it's like oh, the big geez. screen in front and then there's like screens on the walls and so like like in Disney World. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna be sitting in like the very far back. As I did, far I back did as that I can. For, I did that for No Way Home and it was it was not good at all. Yeah. It was a bad that's what, uh that's what that's I'm um, that's what I'm preparing myself for. We're um we're seeing Elvis at a early fan screening mm-hmm. in New York City on Tuesday. Yep. Um with Dan Bear. Okay. Oh. On the show. Um don't know what that's gonna be like quite <laughs> but well, well let me ask you this well how is your what's your take on Baz Luhrmann in general I am I love I'm a Baz Luhrmann apologist very I well he was also I, him. I met him I met him as well he's he's very whatever you think of him you're correct um, <laughs> I um, my thing is that like Moulin Rouge was like my thing when I was in high school um and then I'm also very obsessed with the great Gatsby film that he did so I think that like part of it is just that I'm not gonna lie Baz Luhrmann's films are part of how I got into film. So I think that means that like, I'm always going to love him. Okay. The like weirdest film of all time. And I'd be like quirky, cute. Um, which yeah. might be my reaction to Elvis. So I love his Romeo and Juliet. It's like, his oh Romeo God, and Juliet favorite. I will say like it, the first, I'm not even joking. First minute you'll, it's like Baz over, overdrive. Nice. I'm not even joking. <laughs> He might he might be like the one true director that's like when you see him you're like okay I know I know what I'm expecting when I like get a yeah. movie from him. Yeah. He's consistent stylistically. Yeah. 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 I, I don't know. I to me it doesn't work for like an Elvis movie. Like yeah. I don't know if I don't know if Elvis walking down the street to Cardi B adds up. Oh. But, you know uh, what? He would have he would have been so good for the uh and I love I love Rocket Man. But I feel oh, like Rocket Man would have been a better. You know, I can see that. I can see that. Or even yeah. Bohemian Rhapsody. We would have had a better Bohemian Rhapsody, <laughs> yeah. honestly. Yeah, absolutely. At least more fun. 
Yeah. Yeah. I don't understand like how he ended up with like Elvis. Yeah. I don't know. Objectively, like, one of like the most boring. <laughs> I mean, love like, I love his music, but one of the most boring probably like, is it a story that we need in 2022 yeah and it's like not even the t- part of the conversation that should be talked about like i'm happy the family liked it because i always feel like yeah. it's awkward when you watch like a, a biopic and it's like mm-hmm. the family's like we don't approve of this but then yeah. also i'm like do we need it? I feel yeah. better knowing that like they weren't involved in the making of it and they liked it because mm-hmm. whenever they're like involved in it and then oh, they're like, yeah. we love it. I'm like, well, of course you do. Right. Like- At Bohemian yeah. Rhapsody. Yeah. yeah. I, which I think I'm talking about this next week, mm-hmm. um, but I had a phase where I was very into rock and roll history, which given that I'm not necessarily a history kind of person, um, but I know a lot about Elvis and he is, I mean, as is the case, anybody that famous, you can't be that big and not be a very complicated person. Um, and especially in a very complicated portion of our history. So I'm very curious to see how they handle some of that. Um, as much as I love Baz Luhrmann, I don't trust him to tell he, certain parts he's of not who i go to for like race relations yeah, story. yeah. you don't trust an australian filmmaker to tell the story of an american that, icon in the mm-hmm. 1960s so to be fair i guess like i do think he really understood the great gatsby mm-hmm. which is like you know the classic american novel in a way that a lot of americans don't actually understand it oh yeah so no, 100%. you know i'm excited to, i think if nothing else and Adriana, feel free to correct me, but I think if nothing else, it's not going to be boring. And please don't say it's boring. Like I said, <laughs> you, you you feel the runtime. Let's put it like that. I don't think I could ever be bored. Like, listen, I'm not. I, I said this in my review. It's boring, but also not boring at the same time. If that I'm not going to lie to you, the amount of time that I've already spent watching TikToks of Austin Butler speaking in that accent, I can't. Is longer than the movie itself, <laughs> so I should be fine. <laughs> True. And uh, the concert scenes with Butler are actually genuinely, it, it, whatever ill will I have towards the movie, I think that those scenes are actually awesome. Maybe with good. the exception of the first one. Does he lip sync? No, I think that's his real voice. Oh, yeah, they said they go. said they said for younger Elvis, it's just Austin Butler. That's like if you go listen to Trouble, which is like already out. 100% Austin Butler, like no, <laughs> no mix at all. But then I think he said when it gets into the older Elvis, it's Butler like mixed in with Elvis okay. Um, okay. just to give it like a more genuine feel. I don't, that's just what I've heard. Adriano can touch on it more. Well, I can't, I can't like, I, it sounds correct what you're saying. Like, What did Bass tell you? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. He was just like saying weird shit. Um, <laughs> but uh, there were like a couple moments where I'm like, okay, is that actually Austin? And I think that might be what you're talking about. Yeah. Well, at least it's not like Bohemian Rhapsody when they got a YouTuber to uh, go with whatever his name is. Speaking of musicals, um, getting into some news this week, Lady Gaga is in talks to star in the Joker musical. Uh <laughs> what's everyone's thoughts on that one why have a joker musical when holy musical batman exists that's my question boom also i'm so sorry if we were gonna have a joker musical like or if we were gonna have a musical in the dc universe 
Birds of Prey 2, the musical, is what I would have wanted. Mm -hmm. Not this. (laughs) Like, I just think particularly with the stylistic choices that went into Joker, whether you love them or hate them, I don't see them lending well to a musical about the Joker, particularly with Harley Quinn. And I also worry it's going to be like, let's romanticize toxic relationships, the musical. Mm -hmm. Um, Nothing about it gives me faith. And like, listen... Mm -hmm. I love Lady Gaga. This is the last thing I want to see her do. Yep. Um, she, she, I think she genuinely was like, okay, I didn't get my Oscar for Stars Born. I didn't get my Oscar for House of Gucci. Um, you know what got Joaquin Phoenix an Oscar? Joker. She, she got it's her also- Oscar for the song. Not for acting. But not for acting. Yeah. Uh, is she that determined for acting? <laughs> Apparently. No- yeah. Okay, yeah. there's no way she could have done that press tour for House of Gucci. I know. Trying to get she would not have told us what school she went to like at least a hundred times <laughs> if she didn't want that ostrich so badly. I still imagine to this day her flipping a table did more than the nominations. I want, I wish that like House of Gucci and Elvis had come out in the same year so that we oh, could have had like her and Austin Butler do one of those like it would actor on actor interview yeah. <laughs> in their accent. Do have Lady Gaga as doing her House of Gucci accent. Yeah. And then Austin Butler yeah. doing Elvis. That's that's the Joker 2 movie. I yeah. Oh my God. Or have like <laughs> Lady Gaga be Barbara Streisand in a Barbara Streisand. And she talks like Barbara Streisand. See, and there are many, there are many things yeah. Lady Gaga could have done. That was better choice than Joker. I just feel like from my take on it, um, even the people who liked Joker don't want this. No. I also feel like the whole thing of like the entire shtick around Joker was basically like, we're going to make a DC movie that's not like the others. And it doesn't have to like come into the universe. And it it's a standalone film. And then they gave it a sequel. <laughs> well, that's that's my biggest issue is like, mm-hmm. and I I don't love Joker, but I did like it enough where I, I enjoyed it. But the ending of it was my favorite part. So it was like, okay, what actually happened? Like, did he die way early on in the, you know, in the fridge? Did he get arrested? Did he do any of this stuff? Like it was open to those questions. And now it's like, oh, they're just all going to be answered. Mm-hmm. which I think is going to hurt the original in a lot of ways. Yeah. I yeah. think this will probably ruin whatever legacy the original one has. If it had a yeah. mm-hmm. I actually really like the, uh, yeah, I really liked Joker. I don't know what about that movie. Like I, that was, it was that movie that really got me into like paying attention to like the craft behind films, which is so bizarre. Like I think I've watched like every interview Todd Phillips gave and like, his whole breakdown of everything because it just reminded me of like one of those movies kind of like La La Land where people were not really understanding the point of the film and you had to do like extra digging which I feel like that also goes against the film of like not being able to explain it but I just thought like his way of like world building and expanding Mm -hmm. of like what was happening inside of his vision was just I don't know it was like so compelling and I agree. I think like putting a sequel to that kind of destroys everything that they really built up with just the idea. And um, also adding to the Lady Gaga thing, um, I think it was originally supposed to be Rooney in that role um, alongside Joaquin, which I would have loved to see compared to Gaga because I feel like now it just has like 
two actors kind of going at their the top of the top of like how absurd that they can be and like especially mm-hmm. walking after winning for that role like that everyone argued we have to give him this oscar because he's not gonna like do this again and it's like well he's doing it again so we should have gave the oscar to adam driver like, yeah. Driver, yeah. Boom. <laughs> you know and i went to correct our mistakes and it's just it was just very weird how that played out like it's also yeah. like i don't know maybe i'm in the minority but I like walking more when he does come on, come on <laughs> than when he oh, does yeah. Joker mm-hmm. um, or yeah. when he does like her, her. or um, yes. even to an extent, his like walk the line was way more pulled back than something like Joker. I um, love Joaquin doing like more like nuanced, subtle acting work. Yeah. Very like smaller work than mm-hmm. when he does sort of like big out there stuff Mm -hmm. um and I think it like shows off his talent more yeah but I feel like when he's trying to do the really big thing it's like he feels like he has something to prove yeah and he's like forcing it on you I'm also very anti um men method act (laughs) yeah oh yeah and I say that specifically just because like if women method act um because there are female method actors and you never hear any of them doing like crazy shit to their co-stars for the most part yeah um Whereas, like, Joaquin's whole, like, and then I, you know, like, killed my foot, but it was because I was in the moment method acting. And I'm like, buddy, like, I, I also just think no one who method acts should probably ever play the Joker, like, no. ever. Yep. You should just stop that. Yeah. yeah. That's why Paul Dano, what he said about being the Riddler, where he was like, everyone was like, oh, he's method acting, he's method acting. He was like, no I just got really amped in the scene and then I went home and like took a bath he was like I didn't like <laughs> live as the Riddler all night um, yeah no I so, agree it's it's weird I, I think it's it doesn't really make much sense because also Margot Robbie is such a perfect Harley she's Quinn the perfect Harley. and I'm saying this is like Harley's like my favorite literally my favorite character literally maybe in anything ever I'm like Harley is the perfect uh Margot is the perfect Harley and I'm just like and I know, I know I'm already Lady Gaga Twitter enemy number one after the whole Katsuki <laughs> thing and a, a video, of, a clip of me that out of context that went viral. Um, but um, um, I didn't even say anything bad. It was stupid. Um, <laughs> but I don't think she's, she's talented, but not good enough for that kind of role, mm-hmm. like that kind of deep role. Well, uh, but, I I will, but I will say a, a, an avid, avid diehard defender of joker of the joker movie i will say when i first heard like it was confirmed that there was a sequel i was just like no don't do that and then that news happened with the gog and the musical thing and i think we all i think i had the same reaction to everyone else initially it just went what like what harley quinn is maybe not a good role for someone to do in their what third movie like yeah like what? i get the shit seems like i guess but like that's not the right like move to make even like as in your career either for for anybody it's not a good move for anybody except for money i guess um i, want, I want the scene if we're like using this movie to open up the dc multiverse <laughs> i want a scene where gal Gadot's wonder woman comes in and sings imagine <laughs> <laughs> that would make the whole thing worth it to me i'm not gonna lie <laughs> make it happen mm-hmm. um Next in news, uh, just touching on it a little bit, I know Lex would want to. Paddington 3 has started, will 
will start filming in 2023 in both London and Peru. In Peru? Yep. (laughs) Um, So I'm I'm actually really excited for that. I'm worried because, well, okay, I'm not worried because I do have a lot of faith in Dexter Fletcher, especially Mm -hmm. after um, Rocket Man. But I don't want it to be so different that it doesn't feel like a Paddington movie as well. And so that's like the one thing I'm like a little worried about. Uh, Just because like the Paddington movies have that, like Wes Anderson movies are like novels. Paddington movies are like children's books. (laughs) But it's the exact same vibe for each of them. And I don't want him to like stray away from that too much to where it doesn't feel like, you know, like a Paddington movie. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. I just need to know the casting now. Like, yeah. I've mm-hmm. been thinking about who could be the villain in Paddington 3 for so long. Lady Gaga. Um, I was like Lady running Gaga. the Richard E. Grant for Paddington 3's villain campaign for a while to the point that even Richard E. Grant acknowledged to be on Twitter for it. Um, we have to get Pedro in it. Obviously, we need Pedro and Nick Cage in it. Um, honestly, I, even if Nikki Cage had like a cameo like a in tiny it, little cameo. I would scream in the movie theater. If, yeah. if Pedro Pascal is in Paddington 3, <laughs> I'm going to make it everyone's problem. <laughs> I feel like it has to be someone from an HBO limited series. Yeah. That seems like the Ralph that we're going with Paddington <laughs> villain. Yeah. So who else was in The Undoing? Yeah. <laughs> That's villain. Yeah. What's a kid's name? Noah Jupe. <laughs> oh, I would I would love that. If I saw Noah Jupe interact with Paddington, <laughs> oh I would God. lose it. <laughs> That's my son. Um, Happy to me. Happy Father's <laughs> And moving on to the last bit of news, um, Knives Out 2 has been officially titled Glass Onion. Um, does anyone have any thoughts on that so to far? Me, good week to be me when it came to movie <laughs> news this past week. Between Paddington 3 and Knives Out 2, I was like, maybe yeah. there is a little glimmer of hope in this world. Okay, to me, the announcement of it being called Glass Onion, it yeah. feels like deja vu of whatever the title Licorice Pizza was announced. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone's like, what? I did honestly think it was a joke at first. Same. I thought it was. I was like, it's I not thought so too. I was and waiting for the other shoe to drop and it never I did. I saw it on the film updates Twitter first. And so I thought it was, you know, that fake. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought it was that. And then I saw it on other things. And I was like, oh, wait, that's real. Yeah. Oh, well, I will say to defend it a little bit, because um, I'm working on something over at Oscar Central, uh, kind of the history of the Oscars like with the cast and everything, looking more into it, there is a Beatles song titled Glass Onion, which apparently was made just to be like the most confusing, like red herring thing ever. Um, Basically, John Lennon, like in the song, did a lot of callbacks and a lot of like tiny moments for other Beatles songs. And it was basically something to where it's like, a Beatles fan would listen to the song, hear that, go back and listen to one of the other songs and try to like put together this kind of bigger puzzle. Granted, I'm pretty sure it was all done on purpose and has no like explanation. Um, But it makes me wonder if that's, if that's the reason, like if that's like the kind of 
loophole they're going to go down um, when it comes to this movie. Honestly, and Ryan Johnson, I trust. Yeah. Um, I feel like it's going to be like that last scene in the original where he's like, the donut was yeah, within a hole. Yeah. Be like, the onion was actually a glass onion. <laughs> <laughs> That's how we're going to reveal who the killer is. I hope so. Yeah. Because I think, I think a glass onion is also, it's also, and if someone knows, like, correct me, but I think it's also a bottle that is used on a lot of boats, which I do, like, mm-hmm. from that little thing, because it keeps, it boat. keeps the boat, or it keeps the bottle, like, firm when mm-hmm. it's, like, rocking on the water. Mm-hmm. So, little glass onion history from the number one glass onion knower in the world. Glass onion stand. I thought you were going to say you were the number one Glass Onion fan. I was like, oh, Jacob. (laughs) Not this again. (laughs) We will start a new podcast. Um, I remember, I think I watched a TikTok about it, but I can't remember what, because they were explaining the significance. And I think it's just like about the transparency and also like the layers of like the term Glass Onion. So I'm expecting like there to be a lot of, complexities in the story which why not but yeah i hope i hope that 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 ryan johnson's just fucking with us and has nothing to do with it that's what i hope that is a complete just who gives a shit like there's an article on gq that (laughs) says different like meanings of glass onion and one of them is it is old british slang for a monocle yeah Um, that's what in the song he uh john lennon talks about like looking through um looking through a glass onion and, there, and it is also a type of light fixture. So I feel like there are a lot of different things that it could mean, or it could be Ryan Johnson fucking with us. Yeah. Either of which I'm open to. Maybe this, is, maybe this is why he titled it, <laughs> to send us down this rabbit hole. <laughs> he said, they will talk about my movie until it comes out. <laughs> oh I respect, if that happens, I respect it. I really Same. do. All right. Um... To get into the actual like meat of the show, um, this is all Pixar uh, with Lightyear coming out last week. Has everyone here seen it? Not Jillian? Okay. Um, well, we can do spoiler free if anyone wants to give kind of their quick thoughts about it. Um, and then we can talk about the Oscar potential before we move into the actual Pixar side of the things. Um, so, Nicole and Lex, any thoughts on Lightyear? So I, little little backstory, um, I've always loved the Toy Story movies with the exception of Toy Story 4. Um, I cried at Toy Story 4 at how angry I was. Um, I just, Toy Story is the first movie I ever saw in the theaters as a little baby. Um, and I've always had a weird like affinity towards Buzz Lightyear. He just was always my favorite. My favorite toy growing up that Jacob I did not chew on or decapitate <laughs> was my Buzz Lightyear. Well, yeah, because he's wearing a helmet. Well, I mean, I would have tried, but <laughs> I I loved my Buzz Lightyear. And so when you tell when you tell me that you're gonna give me Chris Evans, <laughs> love of my life, Chris Evans as Buzz Lightyear, I was hyped. And I will agree that it was better than Toy Story 4, but I was I was disappointed. I feel like my general just spoiler-free review is I think my issue with it was that um, what I love about Pixar movies generally is that they're 
not necessarily kids movies they're movies for everyone and like the themes of them are honestly probably even more geared towards adults whereas this just felt like a kids movie to me um and I wasn't crazy about I mean it wasn't a bad kids movie like I still enjoyed it it was an entertaining watch but I I don't know what I was expecting like I don't know why I was expecting to have just my earth completely <laughs> shaken <laughs> by light year but it's the Chris Evans factor it was a Chris Evans factor <laughs> but when it wasn't I was like oh um, um I also I think Jacob I think it was you that said to me that it felt just like a kids movie um, and then whenever I saw it, I was like, oh, yeah, that's mm-hmm. exactly right. And it's like you said, it's not a bad kids movie. I no. actually did enjoy it quite a bit. Um, it doesn't feel like a Pixar film at all. No. And there are parts that I like. I don't know how I didn't know that Taika Waititi voices the character in it until he rolled up. And I was like, oh my God, it's Taika Waititi. Yeah. Um, that made it better for me. Although I will say above and, like, above and beyond, the best part of this film is Socks Cat. Do you love Socks? Like, I want, if they made a white noise machine that looked like Socks the Cat, I would pay like a solid like $70 for it. I'm not going to lie to you. Like, I would pay embarrassing amounts of money for that. Um, I love Socks the Cat. I would give my life for, for him. Um, but that's about it. Like, I feel like I also, and here's the thing, maybe I'm just and I understand how pretentious this sounds and this is a dumb thing to be pretentious about. So I, I'm self-aware. <laughs> I understand, please no one come for me of like, it's not about Buzz like you're the toy. It's about the bugs, but I know, I know. <laughs> it's just this thing where it felt too separated from Buzz. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I don't listen. I'm all for replacing Tim Allen in anything, especially with Chris <laughs> Evans. But it just didn't, this is going to sound so... I'm not trying to gatekeep Buzz Lightyear, but this just didn't feel like my buzz. <laughs> it was like- It really tracks that you're a buzz girl because I'm a woody girl. Well, there you go. Um, but no, I think the other thing is I I don't really have a problem with the whole like, I mean, it's become a bit of a meme. Like it's, it's not the toy. It's the character that the toy mm. is based on. I know. And I, I don't mind all of that in the same way that I also, I love the representation in this film. I love to see the diversity. Yeah. At the same time, this is not a movie that would have come out in 1995. No. Like, and I think that in saying like, this is a movie from 1995, then I was like, well, no, it's very clearly not. And in good ways yeah. too, like mm-hmm. for the better, but also, and I, I think that the representation in this film is really lovely. It's nice to see Disney actually commit mm-hmm. um, to having a gay character and not being like, they're oh, gay. Let's, let's not put this like, on Disney just yet. Um, I still think Disney hates Pixar and is very likes to keep themselves separate from Pixar. I'm just saying, yeah. like, it's not another one of those Disney it's, films that's like, we have a gay character. They never say that they're gay, but they, they, but they, they have a rainbow pin tag. I'm single because my interests are different. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or like, LeFou is gay because one time he looked at a man. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> Disney's proud of their 45th first gay character. <laughs> remember, oh remember when we had a gay character in Avengers Endgame? No one else does either. <laughs> it was a man who briefly held hands with another man, like while falling down. <laughs> no, but it was nice to see them like actually like do the freaking bit. Mm-hmm. And I'm that glad that Disney didn't make Pixar cut it. Yeah. Because I have there there have been things 
that were rumored about mm-hmm. other Pixar movies that were supposed to have gay representation that got cut. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's nice to see them actually let that go through. So, you know, it is that thing though, of I'm like, I love this representation. Also, this is not a 1995 movie. I think honestly, all of my issues with this movie, and I swear I'm not trying to gatekeep Buzz Lightyear. I think all of my issues with this movie could be solved though, if they had just made some fun space movie about some astronaut that was not Buzz Lightyear. And it could have been the exact same movie. And I think I would have, it also would have felt less cash. It would have left. Yeah. Like I think it's time again, as much as I love the Toy Story franchise means the world to me. It is time to just retire. As the last yes. two Toy Story films have tried to tell it, us, enough. it's time to let go. <laughs> Toy Story 3 got a Best Picture nomination, and that was your time to Deservedly. Bow. Yeah. Deservedly, absolutely. Like, I love Toy Story 3. That was the time to bow out. Like, yeah. the toys were done. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think you're right, especially with the, um, with the idea of, like, what a Pixar movie shows. Like, the emotional... That was one of the things for me. Um, there was that one tiny emotional scene like early on but it doesn't really like build to any emotion it's purely like through and through it's one of the only it's what I would consider one of the only like through and through kids movies Mm -hmm. and I do think having that like little snippet at the beginning kind of tempers your expectations because you're like oh this isn't going to be Toy Story 3 where you know you can be 25 in the theater sobbing because they're about to go down an incinerator um yeah it's like it's just it's not going to be that and i think for what it was i found it fun um but i do think that there was a lot more that could have been done um that they just kind of were like hey let's get this out because we haven't released anything toy story in you know three years um yeah but also emperor zerg horrible hated what they did with that mm-hmm. yeah we won't get into it but what they did with that was what they did with that Rough. nothing will make me as mad as what they did with buzz in toy story 4 which lex i i told nicole i was like because she said she had never seen it and we were talking about um how she doesn't like the ending of Endgame, and mm-hmm. I was like, "Oh, Toy Story Four is just the ending of Endgame spread it across is. a two-hour movie." It absolutely is, and it's so fun. <laughs> I saw it in a theater at like I think it was just my experience. I was in Santa Monica. It was like midnight. Me and my friend were going to go home. She's like, "Do you want to go to watch Toy Story 4? And I was like, <laughs> "Okay, like I guess." Wasn't planning on seeing it. We go to the AMC and it's like in the basement. It's midnight. This theater is packed with children. And I was like, who's bringing their child to this at midnight? Bring them off. The seats were so like, like we were all like level. I don't, it was just like a bizarre experience. And I like, know. I don't know if it was like very late or like we didn't, we didn't have anything, but I could not stop laughing and like, <laughs> like just talking, just like talking out loud to the screen. And I was like, you can tell the people that wrote this like did not they were not all there they're probably on something something was consumed and like they were just like we don't care how this fits in with anything else we're just gonna have a fun time and I was like I appreciate that they just threw everything out the window and we're like we're just gonna create two hours of nothing of yeah. making you want to like tr- literal trash <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah adriano any thoughts so 
I'm I will say first of all I'm a bit on the outs clearly here with on Toy Story 4 I thought well definitely flawed I felt like you know I was also like dude don't make a fourth one three is a perfect ending and you know they could have and I could have gone without four but I think you know it justified its own existence in my opinion to an extent I think Lightyear did not do that at all I think there's definitely look I will say I saw this in IMAX stunning to in IMAX yeah. like genuinely it was like, gorgeous get, animation yeah it, so- it is, it's stunning Genuinely. My um, my whole thing with the animation is like, I feel like with a lot of Pixar, I mean, Toy Story 1 was literal, like literally groundbreaking in terms of like animating, 3D animating. Finding Nemo was actually groundbreaking in terms of like animating water and all that kind of stuff. And I feel like every so often they like try to push the barriers. And I feel like this is one of the ones where they could have really like really tried to push the barriers of what like space animation could look like and while like it did look good I think that they could have done more to make it look like they could have tried to push the barriers it just looked it looked like an animated space movie where I feel like if they were making this movie for kids they knew it wasn't going to be like super emotional um everyone knows that like you put it on and it's like, well, this isn't the same buzz. So no, no one's going to have that much care for it. Um, That was one thing where I was like, while I thought it looked like really good, I feel like it didn't try to push any like boundaries of like animation, like space animation. Mm. Yeah. Um, But yeah, the movie overall, I thought, you know, there were some entertaining ideas. I agree. Socks is awesome. Uh, And, you know, I was pretty actually kind of, I was actually into it in like the first two acts. I was like, you know, uh, yeah, this, it feels, it, I don't think it justifies its existence. It does kind of feel like a cash grab in a way, but I was you know, entertained enough where I didn't mind it. And then, you know, the third act has some choices where I'm like, hey, hey what was yeah. that? <laughs> um, um, but, you know, I, it does kind of feel like it, it, it feels like either they just it made they made like a sci-fi movie by Pixar and they just slapped Buzz Lightyear's name on it, mm-hmm. or they made they just cynically made a Buzz Lightyear um, movie and then was just like oh is this the, they justify by saying oh it's the movie that uh, Andy saw in 1995 yeah. which quick side note I saw a really really fucking funny meme where it's like if this was actually from 1995 and it's just a it's just a Halloween costume of Buzz Lightyear with Brendan Fraser's face on it. Did you see the um? They put out like uh ad, not an ad, like a social media thing of like Andy at the theater with his toys. It's yes, like, what a so fucking like, loser! Hey, like this is fake because none of them knew who he was when he yep. showed up. And, I was like, and he had Buzz me. with him, didn't he? he? No, uh, he had the it, oh, three he, little green aliens with him, which oh yeah, oh yeah, chronologically wrong. I also like okay, this is gonna sound maybe a little dumb, but this was something that has bothered me, and I didn't really start thinking about it until I saw that you now can meet like the Lightyear version <laughs> of Buzz Lightyear at Disneyland, oh the person, and I had this moment where this is gonna sound dumb. As a kid, I don't think I ever realized that Buzz was a person. Like, I think yeah. I thought he was just this little being. And now it's like, no, he's Chris Evans, but he looks like Mr. Incredible, low key. Like, that was just very, I couldn't get over that. Again, it was a fun movie. I had a good time. And I like, listen, 
by all accounts on paper, this movie is my brand. You got Buzz Lightyear, you got Chris Evans, you got Kiki Palmer. I'm obsessed with her. Taika Waititi. And then it's like, they just, I, I really think I was waiting for my life to be changed. No, I truly mm-hmm. have the same that, thing. No. I was like, oh my God, those things on the side of his head have mm-hmm. always been his ears. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't realize he was just a normal human. Like he, in the, in Toy Story, it, which again, I know this isn't Buzz Lightyear. It's, uh, I know. In Toy Story, he takes his helmet off and he's like gasping for air. It's no problem here. Yeah. That, okay. That is oh, one, yeah. That'll be a slight spoiler. That is one thing. They kept their helmets on for the whole intro of the movie. And they were like, we don't know if the air is like breathable. And then when the ship crashes, they just hop out on out of the ship with their mask off. Yeah. I'm like, okay, wait, was this figured out in the, like in the meantime or what? Yeah. <laughs> Does and, it feel like more of like a Disney animated movie? Yes. Because just okay. like so. off yeah. of like not seeing it and just like what I like, it seems like Pixar recently has been really pushing about how we think about like our emotions and obviously turning red and like soul were like literally soul crushing. Mm-hmm. Um, even animation styles like really playing around with like Luca and turning red, like they're mm. getting into different territory. So it's, and then the new one they're doing um, elements. Like, it seems like they're going somewhere existential, somewhere bigger, better. And like, as mentioned, like before, like um, Monsters Inc is when they learned how to do animated fur. Yeah. And then Ratatouille is like when they did the water on the fur. It's like, they're always pushing. And when this was announced, like, I think this one onward, and Good Dinosaur have always felt very retroactive to me. And so when they announced this one, I was just like, I wouldn't seem in Pixar's best taste for them to make this decision of like, let's do a light year film. Like it, it seems very backwards. So I'm wondering if there was any like thing from the parent company that was like, this is, you know, we're losing money. We need, the parks aren't open. Like yeah. we need something that's not like going to make, I- people think about their feelings or something i don't know i think like I, I think i saw one tweet i think they kind of nailed it and i they said i forget who it was but they said uh that Lightyear is the solo a star wars story of pixar movies mm-hmm. that's so wait yeah. and i think i feel the same exact way about them which is like it's fun like i watched yeah. i watched solo on a plane ride one time it was a great plane movie and i feel yeah. the same way about both of them where i'm like you took something i loved and you just let me and down. also it's just like just ask questions that nobody and nobody's wondering i I was i I can tell you right now i was never once watching toy story and thinking okay but what's the movie that he's based on though listen i wanted woody's roundup i didn't want (laughs) i didn't need woody's roundup i go in oh no you go you've been trying to go thank you i was just gonna say i my what i kept thinking about watching this movie is i loved 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 turning red yeah movies 2022 and i feel like the demographic for turning red and the demographic for Lightyear, i would have actually switched that distribution plan and Mm -hmm. i would have made i think Lightyear would have been a perfectly a-okay movie to just put on disney plus the little kids who don't want to sit in theater you could pop it on the tv Mm -hmm. The diehard fans who want to see it anyway are going to watch it no matter what. Whereas Turning Red, I like it actually made me a little bit mad because I feel like Turning Red did not get the hype it deserved. It didn't get the marketing it deserved. And I would have really liked to have seen 
turning red with that with the full light year treatment and seem mm-hmm. like maybe if that would have affected the way that it was received when it came out. And that actually speaks to what I was going to say in response to Jillian, which is that to me, this doesn't even feel like a Disney Studios film. No. It feels like one of those Disney Studios straight to VHS films. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> like, like in the early 2000s. Like, this, you can't class this with like Tangled, no. even Frozen, where they like oh, made all the ice animation. Or even like, Encanto. Encanto, like things like that. It's not on the same level. It's, it's a DreamWorks. Like, it's it feels like you're. Oh my god! It does feel like a DreamWorks. Yeah. Well, well, and I love. I love some. No, okay. I loved How to Train Your Dragon, <laughs> but it does feel like recent DreamWorks. It does. Interesting. A little bit. Yeah. It feels. It, it. It's a little bit. It's more brave Pixar than it is. Don't say that to me. No. We had representation in the production of Brave, so that's, I don't oh. like it, but I'm like, Armenian representation, we're going to take it. It feels and also, more like The Good Dinosaur, where it's like, give me four years and I will forget this movie exists. Yep. It's also like, going back to my earlier statement about like, um, about like pushing the boundaries of how space looks, even just go watch Wally and go there watch and see how they like, yeah used space in Wally and how they used like they brought in like the fire extinguisher and created those like clouds in space and they had like all like the dancing Wally space scene is still one of my like favorite Pixar slash movie scenes like ever and I feel like especially with a lot of the hyper jump scenes in this like they really could have done something I mean go back and look at Soul and look at Soul like when he was like going through his like soul transformation it was actually like kind of horrifying at the same time as like <laughs> really cool to watch how it blended like 2d with 3d and all that kind of stuff and um it just it's like you it's like jillian said and like i said earlier it just it feels very tame in what they were trying to make it feels like they were like hey we haven't put a pixar movie out in theaters in years and let's get one out to make some money and then it didn't because top gun is still selling out everywhere every and you could have just had that be turning red i'm just saying every mm-hmm. hyperspace jump felt to me like not even like it was ripping off star wars but it felt like you know in the millennium falcon ride when you uh-huh. jumped like not like in a star wars film or like star tours yes yeah <laughs> like yeah. it felt like the star tours jumped the hyperspeed yeah. and okay i have to say too i actually watched wally this morning um wait the first time no, I've oh, okay. seen it like when it came out and I've not seen it since. Um, and you were right, by the way, Jacob. I remembered maybe five percent of that film. I told you. I know. I like I hate to say it, but you were right. Um, and the space animation in that is gorgeous. Mm-hmm. And literally, they did not progress from that to like no. here at all. Mm-hmm. If anything, they backslid. <laughs> I will maintain that Wally, I will admit, like if I I I'm a big Pixar fan. If I were to rank my Pixar movies admittedly like oh, well, hold off hold off hold off well but i do think hold i'm on, just saying on, i do on. think it is one of the most gorgeous movies for space. Okay. <laughs> um okay so let's talk does anyone have any thoughts about their oscars potential i feel like going into it especially when spider-man was pushed i feel like everyone was like oh it's either going to be spider-man 2 or it's going to be Lightyear, just because Toy Story, animated, whatever. Um, has that changed for anyone? Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah I was if gonna they say. 
campaign this overturning red yeah. i will roll up to the studios in burbank and be like no they're in, in at San disney we're well, <laughs> in the bay area oh no because well, then she's going to the bay area oh. we're, no, going to the, we're going to the bay area and we're going to demand that Dude, i'm from toronto i'm not i'm not with pixar i'm beefing with disney turning red is from where i live okay they need to campaign that instead i was also because i also had to backtrack a lot this week because i was like guys like lightyear's gonna win let's just come on let's not fool ourselves and then and then i even even the reviews didn't make me flinch and then i saw the movie even then i'm like it could still i guess and then the box office happened i'm like what what is happening (laughs) i think at best um i i maybe a little too early to call I think at best we might have a situation where like we did this year where Luca was nominated against Encanto mm. except it's going to be double Pixar and if I mean and I only think that Lightyear will get a nomination if like they can't think of anything else to nominate <laughs> and um, then Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio will win like, a strange um, world will win. If, listen, if Guillermo <laughs> knows, um, Pinocchio wins over Turning Red. Here, the thing is, too, I really do think, though, that like this would be a very good year for Apple or Netflix to really push their animation contenders mm-hmm. because I do think that this is a year where like Lightyear could miss if yeah. yep. everything else is campaign- campaigned the right way. Yeah. And I'm finding Dory missed. And I like. I don't think it deserves a nomination per se. No, it doesn't. And I also, would love to see Chris Evans at the Oscars, though. And also, or Regina King do we year. 100% know if Turning Red is eligible? Yes, it is. It, yeah. it, is? it, it had a theatrical run. Okay. Um, yeah, no, I agree with all of that. I definitely think it can miss. I definitely think it probably should miss. I think there's already been a quite a few... Um, animated movies this year so far whether it be apollo 10 and a half turning red um i mean even the bad guys was cute and at least had a little bit more to say than light year and i mean that's that was an animation style that was trying to push boundaries and tried to like do something new and i feel like uh, with the rest of the year i feel like we have a lot more that um that could ultimately take it um and i'm hoping for pinocchio (laughs) um but moving on from that um we're just going to talk about pixar and their oscars how they've fared in the past um i will do a run through of everything they've been nominated for and won um it's not too too long so it shouldn't take long um toy story was screenplay musical or comedy score, original song. Oh, and then after this, I'm going to ask you guys if there's anything that they should have won, anything that they should have been nominated for. So if you want to like keep track of what I'm saying, and if you need me to go back, I can go back. Um, A Bug's Life was only nominated for musical or comedy score. Toy Story 2 was nominated just for a song. Monsters, Inc. was their first animated feature nominee and their first winner with original song it was also nominated for score and sound editing we should quickly preface that animated feature was not a cat no yeah yeah yeah, yeah yeah oh i knew that i, I can see I in lex's face so yeah. Thank you. Okay. i was about sorry to yeah about bugs life no, <laughs> no, no, no. i love bugs life. i love bugs life. um 
Finding Nemo was their first animated feature winner. It was also nominated for screenplay, score, sound editing. Incredibles was nominated for screenplay. It was their first double winner in one animated and sound editing, and it was also nominated for sound mixing. Cars was nominated for animated and original song. Ratatouille was a screenplay, score, sound editing, sound mixing nomination. Animated, it won. Wally is still their most nominated film with six. It was nominated for screenplay, one animated, uh, nominated for score, nominated for song, sound editing, and sound mixing. Up was their first picture nominee. It was also the first year we went back to 10 nominees. Um, it was nominated for picture, screenplay, one animated, one score, and nominated for sound editing. Um, Toy Story 3 was also a picture nominee. It was also nominated for adapted screenplay. It won animated, uh, nominated for sound editing and original song. Brave was an animated nominee and winner. Um, Inside Out won animated and was nominated for screenplay. Coco was the first sweeper. It won both animated and song. Incredibles 2 only was nominated for animated. Toy Story 4 was begrudgingly nominated for animated and won. Um, and it was also nominated for song, which working at a movie theater, Toy Story 4 actually did have a very good end credit song that uh, I was talking with one of my coworkers today that there's not a lot of movies now that have good end credit songs because cleaning up after a bad end credit song is the worst. <laughs> I just started working at a theater. You're not wrong. <laughs> Soul was nominated and won animated and score. It was also nominated for sound. And Luca was a lone animation nominee. Um, so we'll start with Jillian. Is there anything that you feel should they shouldn't have won? Is there anything you feel like they should have won? Um, we will talk in a minute about what we feel should have been nominated. So of, of that list, anything you think they should have won, shouldn't have won, anything like that um i would have put ratatouille in best picture just because i think that animation like i don't know i just really remember like watching a behind the scenes on like how they went to paris and like everything about that movie i just love i would have put it in there um i wish luca got more love because i i don't know if this is a hot take i liked it better than Encanto. i don't know like I wish that it was pushed more. I feel like they kind of dropped the ball because it had a June release and then like no one talked about it after. Maybe for sound, like I feel like there was so much more. I would have put Inside Out and Picture too. I feel like there's a lot of recent Pixar movies I would have put out on there. Um, I'm surprised that a lot of them are not in sound categories. Like. Mm -hmm anymore or I, I also forgot a lot of them have been nominated for screenplay um and I think with the animated animated movies we forget that a lot that they can be nominated in any category I'm guessing like yeah. maybe directing um I would oh, I'll, I'll, I'll talk about that I think directing animation is hard but yeah I think those are I would slip those few in best picture because they're all perfection uh next or Nicole or however you guys want to say it um I would have put um I would have put Incredibles in best picture um 
I feel like Incredibles is just not just one of the best Pixar movies, like one of the best movies, period. Um, I would have, I agree with Jillian. I think Ratatouille deserved a best picture. Um, and this isn't just best picture. I mean, this is any other award as well. About it is like, it's hard for me with the older ones to kind of talk more on the technical because it's hard to like remember was cars nominated for best sound it was only original song and animated okay that's hard because or a nomination i will tell you that even if i'm on like a plane watching cars on a plane that beginning sequence where he's like speed speed i'm speed and you hear like the cars like that still holds up i get chills every time listen best actor nominee Nominee. for cars owen wilson (laughs) and also a supporting actor for larry the cable guy ka-chow um but yeah i think the i agree with jillian and ratatouille i think is just such a was ready to be nominated? I'm sorry, I completely forgot. All no, you're it. fine. That's why I've got it all pulled up. You just tune out everything, Jacob said. No, well, I was paying attention. Um, Ratatouille was that nominated for screenplay? Yes. Okay, because I was gonna say Good. that one definitely deserved it. Because I mean, I feel like I've thought often. I've thought every time I've watched that movie, like going into that pitch meeting, someone sat down and said, "Hey, listen, yeah. I got an idea for a movie about chefs. Hear me out. But here's the catch." It's actually a rat <laughs> pulling his hair. It makes him a good cook. I'm they're like, what do like, we not want to see in the kitchen? They were Rats. like, have you ever been eating a meal and thought, man, I wish this was cooked by a rat? Listen, I'm just going to say, I'm going to believe that in the other universe, Rakakuni won Rakakuni. Best Picture. <laughs> Rakakuni. Well, but yeah, it was probably a live action, so. Right, with a real <laughs> raccoon. But the fact that they're able to like sell you that concept and it's not only like, yeah, I can get behind it. I am sold. It's just really impressive. So I think- I believe in that rat more than I've ever believed. I've had people be like, why haven't we gotten a live action Ratatouille? And then it takes a while for them to think like, oh wait. Cause it's like that, that what you're saying, like that much of a movie where you're so like invested in like, oh my gosh. And then the concept hits you and you're like, oh. I totally agree with that. Like, I do think that should have been in Best Picture. Also, wait, remind me, did Cars get a Best Song nomination? Yes, Cars okay. got or animated in song. Her life is a highway. But no, 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 not that one. What? It got it got a song nomination for. Let me. Is it go real? Real gone? Yeah, I think so. The Cheryl yeah. Crow song. The Billy Ray Cyrus. No, Billy Ray Cyrus. Uh, okay, no, then it wasn't it was an that. Album. Uh, not yeah, after, Disney Man. Incredibles, <laughs> Cars. Cars was nominated for Our Town by Randy Newman. Oh, oh fuck that's the song they play when they're like, remember when Route 66 was a route? It's not even real con. <laughs> the <laughs> other song, the other thing I would have actually put in is Coco in oh. screenplay. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I, I'm going to, I'll talk about that film later, but I think it's a really brilliant um, idea. And I also think that the like actual script is really good for that movie. Um, the way that everything is written, I think is really, really well done. And I, I also just would have loved to have seen that, you know, sort of diversity celebrated in mm-hmm. screenplay because I think that it often isn't. Um, when it took such a meta concept mm-hmm. and made it 
understandable on a child's level, but still spoke. To, I mean, it Coco is brilliant. I also just looking because Nicole's got the list. I think Finding Dory deserved at least best animated. Same. Not necessarily best picture. I thought Finding Dory is the kind of the antithesis to Finding Dory Dory. got best best actress. Well, there you go. (laughs) I think she did. I forgot. Yeah. Um, (laughs) But I feel like Finding Dory is kind of like the antithesis to Toy Story 4 or even Lightyear, where it's like it was a sequel I didn't need, but I thought it was well done. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and the animation, it was beautiful. I also frankly wanted more Dory content more than I wanted. Yeah. The the character that the toy is based on. <laughs> yeah. I am actually a Finding Dory apologist. I love that movie. It's I definitely would have put it into animated. Yeah. Um, because it's... Dory is a character I actually would want to find, unlike Nemo, who I think should have stayed lost. Um, <laughs> let the kid go. Damn. He should have hung out with Willem Dafoe Fish. Willem de Fish. He should have stayed with Willem de Fish. And like, but that's the thing is finding door, and I know we're gonna get into this in a second, but it's it's the same thing though, where it's like, yeah, okay, it's a sequel, arguably a cash grab, but the overarching story mm-hmm. is still there. And that's what it's are so good at. Very emotional mm-hmm. and very emotionally tied into the story that it's continuing. I cry every time. I wasn't about like um like conservation. I, I mean at least that has like more of like a, a mission impact than like yeah. a few of the other sequels and sounds like Lightyear and I think that's what I took away from when I remember finding I also Dory. think that the way that they treat Dory's memory loss in mm-hmm. it actually has like very interesting connotations for the way that we talk to children about disabilities yeah absolutely um so I think that that's like another really good thing about that movie mm-hmm. um yeah I also like Justice for Monsters University, which I think is a. Super- okay, we started. <laughs> it's all inaccurate. Uh, Monsters University they had. They met in kindergarten. That's what they said in the first movie. Oh, like, no, yeah, I- but I- also. Get out of here with your facts. Monsters the University thing is, is you say that. that <laughs> there are similar issues with Mamma Mia, too. Do I care? That are even no. worse. Because well, Mamma Mia, let's not, the let's first Mamma Mia, characters are dead. That's an opening line. And then when I went to back to watch Monsters Inc., I was like, where's Monsters Elementary? Like, <laughs> I'll take it. I want it. And, yeah. Monsters University has Alfred Molina. And for that, I stand. I also think that it is the kind of thing where, similar to Toy Story 3, Monsters University came out at the right time. It did. For like right in the couple of years of my generation. It was the summer that we were about to start college that that yeah. movie came out, and that messed with me. Same, but same. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I'll just say Monster University is so much better than Frozen. It should have won. I'm, I'm, well, I'm I not even disagree there. I'm not I even. Go I won't go that. Far, I won't go that but far. I respect that. I'm going that far. <laughs> should have won. Uh, well, what are there any more that you think should have been uh nominated or whatever? I I think like all of the well, I think like Inside Out definitely should and Ratatouille definitely should be on the best picture nod. I think Inside Out probably could have actually in the lineup of ten, but um, they actually say with Ratatouille actually. Um, but everything else, like, you know, there's some stuff I would take away for sure, but like nothing I would really, nothing that I wouldn't give that they actually didn't give, you know what I mean? Like, you know, there are some things the inside out definitely should have gotten a score nod. Mm-hmm. Um, or yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, but yeah, nothing besides like picture nods that they didn't get because like they've been pretty, the academy has been pretty like open to Pixar for better or for worse. 
And so, yeah, nothing really. No notes, basically, is what I'm saying, except that Monster University should have won. I um, So I'll get into my big one. Uh, I know someone brought it up earlier. I, to this day, I think that Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse should have been a director nomination, but I think it should have been the second animated director nomination with Wally first, um, mm. which I do, like, looking through, Wally was the closest. It actually picked up a lot of critics, directors' nominations, um, and I think there was some talk that it could have been, uh, especially when it was released. Um, but I think that for me, uh, put that in picture, put that in director as well. I think um, when it comes to Wally, I think there's something special about making a movie that, again, way ahead of its time. Um, probably the most ahead of its time of any of the Pixar movies um, that that was again and this is what I was telling Nicole and why she went and rewatched it I hope um, that has you know for the first you know 30 to 45 minutes of it it basically is a silent film and it still got people in the theaters and it got kids to see it um, super emotional that it it had that same kind of like very classic Hollywood story that you feel like they go for a lot um and of course they went for it in other categories but um I definitely think that I think that that's one that should have gotten probably a little bit more uh love across the board um up should have not been nominated for anything. It was awful. Hey. <laughs> oh, I can't. I, if we're talking about um, things that should have been taken it away, should have, Brave should not have beaten Wreck It Ralph. I will all. fight you. I will I will throw out my dukes. I can't, I'm not a I don't like Brave. I'm sorry. I don't either. It's okay. It's my favorite uh, Pixar movie. Up was uh Up should have gotten a Pixar animated or yeah, an animated short nomination and win for the first 15 minutes. And then after that, it's about a 170 year old man who lives on a balloon with dogs. Jealous, sounds like you're you jealous. watch it? Yes, I did watch it. I don't think you did. <laughs> I absolutely did. No, I stopped um, after the first five minutes and I, to this day, have not seen the rest of it. Okay, Whoa. well, the the guy who in the beginning, when they're like actual toddlers and they see this like 30-year-old like explorer guy, he's like the villain of the movie whenever the guy gets super old. He like can't, he has a walker, can't walk around and this guy's living in a balloon and he's still kicking. Okay, yeah, I'll give you that. But I'd like <laughs> you try. <laughs> Like, I, to live in a balloon do you know how much like air pollution he's got to have in his lungs and he's at least 105 or it's keeping him alive okay well you don't know i that. guess no one's tried that <laughs> that that we know of just saying. yeah they're probably in a remote place we can't talk to him you don't hey jacob you don't know i could be in a balloon right now that that is true he is in a house there could be balloons connected <laughs> to it um yeah no i i'm a big wally should have gotten a little bit more even if it didn't get 
best picture i think i definitely think a director nom for that one i think i do think there will be a director uh that does an animated movie that finally does get in i don't know if it'll be anytime soon um i do think it will happen especially with how i mean look at soul and look at how i mean soul was the framed a couple days ago and i didn't get it because the first shot of new york I was mm. like, oh, what live action movie is this of New York? And it was like, oh no, that's just pictures. Um, I think it's getting much and much more like immersive uh, from a directing standpoint. And so I do think that there will be a directing nomination slash win sometime in the future. Don't know if it will be soon, um, but I think Wally should have been the first. Um, I do like that Toy Story got some love toy story actually technically did get a win it was like an honorary win it was an achievement win um but i do like that it did get some love um because it is like probably one of the most when it comes down to it one of the most important like animated movies of the time um dealing with like the 3d animation and stuff like that so that is what i think um and we're gonna go before we get to fan questions. Can I, I add know, one thing? Yes. I would have done Brad Bird for Incredibles and Ratatouille for Dragon. Yes. I would have I'll give him those flowers. Yeah. I think I think Brad Bird definitely him and Pete Doctor are the two directors where I think when I think of Pixar, those are who I think of. That's why, and I even texted Nicole this. That's why I had a lot of faith in Lightyear was because Pete Doctor was involved, but I think he was more involved on a, I know who Lightyear is kind of way. Like I wrote Toy Story. Um, Truly rather remember than when I kept involved. being like, it doesn't look good. And you were like, but Pete Doctor. Yeah. <laughs> I was in that camp of, but Pete Doctor. I trusted him. And mm -hmm. I was like, you were the chosen And like one. a typical man. He and let he you let down. me down. <laughs> no offense to the men on this podcast. <laughs> Um, but we can go around the thing. Uh, I'll start. I think it's pretty obvious that my favorite Pixar is Wally. -E. Um, I don't think that's hiding. I mean, I've been talking about it all night. Um, after that, it goes Toy Story 3. Uh, Soul comes after that. I love Soul. I thought Soul was just absolutely gorgeous. And Toy Story 2 is after that. And that's my top, is that four? Okay, and then Monsters, Inc. So that's my top five. Um, I will go, you don't have to have five ready. I just thought it off the top of my head, but at least your top like one or two. Um, Adriano. Um, I do have my top, my my ranking on Letterboxd in front okay. of me. So I, I might as well do that. Um, so I'm a huge Toy Story fan. My number one is, Toy Story 3. Yeah. That movie, that was one of those movies that just fails to, that just always succeeds to just gut me when I watch it. It's not, and not just because of, and yeah, like it makes me cry, but also just the hours before that is so much fun, so creative. And also it's just like, again, it's like such a like a deep film for like a quote unquote kids movie. It's the number, best Buzz Lightyear story. Easily the best Buzz Lightyear. Well, and literally, I don't got know. A whole... Have you seen? Have you seen the one that Andy saw in 1995? Though, 
I'm just saying. <laughs> My favorite thing about Toy Story 3 to Toy Story 4 is how in Toy Story 3, there's an entire an entire 30-minute subplot of Buzz losing his, uh, losing his voice, having to actually refine his own voice. And then in Toy Story 4, they're like, oh, let's just use this voice inside of my body and he's so mad yep continue um, yeah my number two is inside out um that is probably in my opinion probably pixar's most like creative film like just such a I, I, yeah 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 you know i'll probably say this like 80 times so i'll just say it right now all of them are very good on emotional aspect but just you know what inside out is able to like h- how it's able to kind of like accurately portray like depression in a way in like a kid's movie it's like you didn't need to do that mm-hmm. it was already very creative in its own way but it did that anyway it was really well done um and number three is monsters inc uh dude, i'm a huge i just i just love it i just love it. it's so much fun it's funny as hell i uh, don't really gotta go too much into it before we mentioned already ratatouille uh yeah i it's such i that's I probably that might have been besides torture three the pixar movie i've seen the most because I just love it so much, it's so much fun to watch, and I and yeah, again, it's so creatively well made and such a weird concept that they made work. And then my number five is Toy Story. I mean, I do, what do I need to say to that one? It's yeah. fucking Toy Story. <laughs> I I love Toy Story. I'm easily in the camp of. I don't think as a movie, it holds up, which I don't think it was ever supposed to um just the animation and all that kind of stuff and the story is super simple uh but I still love it thinking about it from almost like when Andy saw Lightyear and he was like blown away with Lightyear I think when I saw Toy Story and I was that young and knowing like oh this is so you know different and this is something because I mean I wasn't born in 1995 I wasn't around um so you're all babies little babies my first my first movie in theaters was uh the grinch and so great movie oh with benedict (laughs) yeah (laughs) um (laughs) no but uh but yeah i i like i love toy story one i still think it i don't think it holds up look wise but i think for what it did it kind of really revolutionized like a lot of stuff um nicole slash lex do you have it figured out yet we do yeah we were. okay the issue is is that i'm not gonna give my full pixar ranking um i will say wally's pretty low um <laughs> okay well ups my least favorite no well, second least favorite not even in my top Behind five cars too. so i will let it go but um i mean are just I, all of our least favorites cars too like yeah yeah can we um something worse than that <laughs> no every pixar three. movie i can find like something even even up i do like the first like 15 minutes and i do find i can't find stuff i enjoy cars too i'm just like what are you doing that was yeah. also partially trying to remember if I've even seen it. Yeah. I don't think I made it the whole way through. I haven't <laughs> no, seen any of the car sequels. Cars three was car. Oh, been I better, love but... planes. Planes. <laughs> oh, dude, I want all planes. planes. I want to change my answer. I want to change my answer. <laughs> it's not Toy Story three anymore. I. It's just. It's very hard for me because 
I feel like I've solidified my top five, but like, that's not to say I don't love the others. Like, I just have to put that out there. Um, <laughs> so pure. When I send this to Pete Doctor himself, he'll. Uh, no, <laughs> I love Finding Emo, even though it's not in my top five. Um, so, okay, my number one is definitely the first Toy Story. I feel like the first three mean the world to me. Um, they loved him since I was a kid. Um, first movie I saw in theaters, I was literally like 18 months old, but um, very formative moment for me. Um, number two has to be Incredibles. Um, I, I don't know why, but I like legitimately think Incredibles is one of the best movies ever made, period. Um, and I thought the sequel was pretty good. Um, it's just, I think the animation style holds up, um, for those early Pixar movies really well. Um, I'm really into the story. I don't know. I just love Incredibles. Uh, oh, I didn't realize until recently that that wasn't Jonah Hill playing Syndrome. That was, <laughs> that was like a new discovery for me, like a couple years ago. Okay. <laughs> Thanks for sharing. <laughs> Next, I had um, Monsters, Inc. Um, I actually was terrified of that movie as a kid. And then somewhere along the way, I was like, this is actually one of the best movies ever made. I would love that movie. But my little sister, Hannah, went through phases when she was a kid where she would have to have the same movie on every night to go to sleep. And Monsters, Inc. was that movie for a solid 18 months. Mm. So I heard it. Go to sleep? Yes. My sister, it tracks if you know her. Yeah. Um. So I heard that movie like every night for 18 months. And now like even the thought of it, I'm like, God, no. <laughs> My thing. So I, when I first saw Monsters, Inc., I think it was like six or seven. Yeah. This is going to be like the weirdest thing ever. But I, that opening sequence where they're in the training room and there's that little robot that screams and then oh. like stops <laughs> and like folds back. I thought that was the scariest effing thing I'd ever seen in my <laughs> life I ran out of the theater crying my parents had to like corral me back to the theater I wouldn't sleep for weeks thinking about that little robot um and then I would not watch that movie until oh no joke I was 14 I watched it and was like actually this is great I love that my and family now, quotes that movie a lot now it's my third favorite because <laughs> I just am Mike Wazowski I've learned so am I Sully yeah absolutely okay. <laughs> um my number four is Ratatouille um I think that like again just I really can't commend that movie enough for selling me the concept that it sells me like I cry every time like every time that food critic takes that first bite of it's not even ratatouille <laughs> I cry my eyes out and Archie, it's just if you cry every time <laughs> like this if you cry ever Tim. Um, I love that movie. I think the animation's gorgeous. That little like song is a vibe. It makes me want to drink wine on a veranda. <laughs> we can do that next week. Please. Okay. <laughs> um, overall, love Ratatouille. And then my fifth, I literally was stressed over whether I wanted to say Inside Out or Bugs Life. Um, I ultimately went with Bugs Life because again, it's the same concept of ratatouille where it's like if you told if you told me it was just a movie about a bunch of fans i would be like no thanks but they sell it to me i really love isn't that just ants right that's the thing is i already have that thanks but um no they sell it to me i think it's great they i said love- let me upgrade you they said let me upgrade you <laughs> um we got Ju- julia louis dreyfus 
um, who I will die for. A Bug's Life taught me about strong female characters. She, I, I was obsessed with Princess Ada when yep. I was, I had a Bug's Life playset as a kid that I also took great care of. I didn't decapitate anybody. Um, and if Bug's Life, I forgot that um, animated wasn't a category until I think 2001. If um, it had been a category at the time, going back to like missed nominations, I think Bug's Life 100% would deserve one thank you nicole <laughs> okay lexa thank you for coming to my ted talk um, so my number one is coco far and away and i should preface this i'm not a pixar girly um pixar is not my thing i am a disney studios girly far and away um Ew. but i love coco and i think actually like looking at my favorite ones you can tell that i'm a disney studios person um give me a princess film any day but my number one is coco i love that film so much rt if you cry every every tim um my number two is brave i love brave brave was the first animated movie that my sister like loved after she got older it is a very big thing for our family um the hair animation in brave is genuinely some of the most beautiful animation i've ever seen in my life um and also i would give my life for her three younger brothers in bear or human form. Um, and the way that that movie deals with relationships between girls and their mothers, I think is so beautiful. And is something that I don't think I've ever seen done in that way in a kid's film. Like traditionally in animated films, the moms are dead. So to have a movie that's entirely about the relationship between a daughter and a mother, I think is really special. And it was also the first Pixar film to have a female lead. Um, and I do genuinely think that that's part of why I didn't like Pixar more as a child, because I went through a period when I was in like early elementary school or and actually most of elementary school where I would not consume any media that had a boy protagonist. Um, it's why I didn't read Harry Potter until high school. Um, my next one is Turning Red. That is part of why I panicked over my ranking Great movie. is because I realized that that actually does get my third spot. Um, again, the way that that movie deals with relationships between girls and their mothers. I think it's really beautiful. I also, frankly, it would get this spot just for the fact that I had never seen an animated female product before and it blew my freaking mind. And if I had had this movie when I was a child, I would have felt very differently about puberty. <laughs> um, my number four is also Ratatouille. Mm. Um, what a film, what a film. I also just, I love food. So a movie about a rat that loves food is gonna be very me. Um, because I too am a rat that loves food. Anyone can cook. <laughs> yeah. Even Nicole. Even me. Um, that's arguable, actually. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Um, my number five is Toy Story 2. I like the Toy Story trilogy. I refuse to acknowledge the existence of Toy Story 4. Um, it exists. I Deservedly. would them 2, 3, 1. But I also recognize that like one is a good film. I don't doubt that. As an only child until I was eight, who then got a younger sibling, I cannot handle the plotline with Woody and Buzz in Toy Story 1, and I haven't been able to since I was a child. Woody feeling replaced by Buzz um, um, is not something I can handle. And you know, you'd think by 27, I'd be over it. Surprise, shoddy. Um, <laughs> can I ask why two trumps three? Yeah. That is better. Oh, wait, no. Uh, never mind. Don't flip that. Two is more centered around the character jesse and that okay that one scene with the when somebody loves no, me i cry yeah i cry every time 
Um, and that that is the one scene that elevates it above three, that they're close for me. I will say I love two. And two was my favorite when I was a kid. I The scene where Woody gets fixed up, I still, I will literally look at that scene on YouTube and watch it when I'm it's stressed. So it is so sad. I also like the whole discussion of this idea of if toys are like meant to be played with yeah. or meant to be like kept. It's very meta. Yeah, it's fascinating. Um, and then I also do the want to give a shout out special mention to cars. I love cars. Yeah. My dad's obsessed with the movie cars. That like genuinely, if you let Todd put on a film, like it, it may very well be cars. That um, and I also went through a rascal flats phase when I was in my, uh, middle school, which that is not surprising tracks. to anyone, but I think that cars is actually one of the most underrated Pixar movies. Um, and I also gained a new appreciation of cars after going to cars land in Disneyland. I won't lie to you. Yeah, I was like, wait, this is actually a very cool idea. Carsland is, dare I say, total side note. I think of these recent, I mean, granted, I've not been to Avengers Campus, but mm-hmm. of these recent like theming of little theme park areas, mm-hmm. I actually think Carsland is the it's, most impressive. Yeah. 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 Nicole, have I told you that the drummer for Rascal Flats used to come to my like middle school and like help our band class? Yeah, yeah. he went to church like down the street from me. Okay, we need to discuss this later. Okay. <laughs> Did he yeah, he used to play "That Should Be Me" by Justin Bieber. That's the only version of that song I'll listen to is the one with just with the Rascal Flats, and I do listen to it often. Yeah, no, he. Uh, I'll I'll text you later. Um, <laughs> okay, please do. <laughs> but and finally, Jillian. Okay, my number one is Ratatouille. Um, obsessed with this music. Obsessed with the story. I don't know if it's the cinematography, the design, like everything about that, the backstory, like the fact that they took all the detail and time to get Paris correct, even though Paris is portrayed nice in every single thing, but it's just like, I don't know, such a romantic film that you wouldn't get from a film about a rat cooking. Um, My number two is definitely Inside Out. I think that's like I'm pretty, I mean, I'm pretty sure I've, I know that I've seen Pixar films in theaters, but like for some reason, that's the one that like, I remember the most, even though that was in 2015. Um, and it was just like the score, like I was watching something today and I heard something that, that was so reminiscent of the score and I was like, oh my gosh, I should turn on Inside Out. Like it's one that like, I know what's going to happen, but I can, I can like watch that endlessly. And I'm just so obsessed with just like the voice acting and just how that story came together and it was just so unlike anything it's so like dreamy but like also so deep um my number three there's there's a few that I want to rank all evenly I'm gonna go with cars um because I love cars land uh when I had a pass I went like every all the time like I live there like I know all the spots I know it's like a second home you live um, in one of the cones the yeah I lived in the cone <laughs> and then for some reason when I was younger like when we'd go on trips we had one of those cars where you put like the cds <laughs> I don't know that why that was the only cd that we brought with us was cars and we would just like <laughs> watch it over and over and like watch the special features and love that like everything about that one um Monsters Inc. I used to be so scared of that. I remember Disney Channel, whenever they'd be like, oh, we're going to play Monsters Inc., I'd just turn off my TV. I would not. No, not for me. But I rewatch it. So funny. Like 
So my favorite thing is when they do put that thing back where it came from. Like if they're going to do a sequel, I want a sequel just that. Yeah, of that musical. Think, yeah, just the musical. That's I mean, the musical sequel that we wanted, not Joker. Not Joker. <laughs> yeah. I just think like the comedy dynamic between like Billy Crystal and John Goodman is just mm-hmm. amazing. The original song in it, like just everything about that, the animation, the fur, the story, like it's such like, I think it's advertised as like something that's scary. I think it definitely it's a kid, but as you get older, it's like, it's so funny. Loved Monsters at Work, underrated classic. Um, yes. I always forget Coco is a Pixar movie, but I love Coco. Um, I saw that one a few years late and like cried the entire time and I never cry in movies, the songs, like the animation style. And then Bugs Life because um, gr- growing up, going to uh, Disneyland, Disneyland California Adventure, it's the best park. Um, they had Bugs Land. And it, let me tell you, it was the scariest thing. They had this 3D thing with the grasshoppers that like traumatizing. I don't know why that's for kids. RIP to Bugs yeah. Land. That's where Avengers Campus is now. Like, did it have like the uh, bugs on the seat thing? Yeah, yeah. dude, yeah, that made my that literally bugs. made my brother ball his eyes out my like, sister like threw up like it was a whole thing <laughs> that would be me. as that i got older i think with pixar movies as i got older i started to appreciate them so bugs life i was like oh my gosh it's this underrated gem and i just think the story the underlying anti-capitalist story of bugs life that is with those <laughs> ants all coming together to defeat those grasshoppers but I think like the the added immersive experience of cars land and bugs land has really fueled my love for both of those movies and to this day I'm R.I.P. Bugsland like I'm sorry Avengers Campus but that's yeah those are my top I mean um, ride Heimlich's choo-choo train with me oh my God. I was 20 that was my favorite ride. I was like get on Heimlich's choo-choo train <laughs> the watermelon like yeah. and they used to have like a farm and they got rid of that for cars land like those are my earliest memories so good um so we're gonna get into some questions i actually have one that i'm interested and i thought of while everyone was saying what is and i know some some people have mentioned it um what is for you guys a pixar movie that you didn't like that now you end up loving i know some of you guys actually like talked about it for me uh i hated finding nemo when it came out i thought it was like the most boring thing i'd ever seen um, and then I like to listen to movie scores when I like do my writing and stuff like that. And they started playing the score and I was like, oh, this actually is like genuinely beautiful. And I rewatched it and just the scene of like the open ocean and Nemo's like just just that itself. It like brought me back to it. And I was like, OK, like I might not love the story, but I can respect so much for what they actually brought to it. So is there something that you haven't talked about that? you kind of have along those lines um i there was no, there's nothing that like i didn't like that i ended up liking but i will say i was initially when i first saw coco i was like you know i was like yeah it's good but i was never totally in love with it and then i saw it like a couple months ago and i was like and i literally was just like the fuck are you talking about me <laughs> like, <laughs> i was like oh, okay i get it, i get it now <laughs> I still think that I, although I still think that I remember me song is fucking stupid. I want to know what circumstances under which I watched Wally the first time that made me not remember 
anything from it but I was not phased by it whenever I saw it whenever it came out and I watched it today and I was like oh shit this is a really good movie so I still think Wally's born um I already said mine but mine was Monster Inc. Um, Jillian um, I know you said one but Monsters Inc. I think there's like a few of them that like I'm still genuine genuinely scared of them so I just don't like I can't do the Toy Story movies I literally had to like out of like an existential crisis about when I was like 10 about like where all my toys were gonna go and then I and then it was, it was just a, I was like I still story. can't watch the first Toy Story I can't watch it I still can't get rid of my toys they keep coming back <laughs> I don't know what it is yeah. Um, my mom uh, had a whole like trash bag like ready to give up and I went and grabbed it and put it back in because when I moved out my brother ended up taking my room and I went and threw it back up on the top shelf (laughs) yeah so I'm like I understand why people like it but I'm like it's not for me like like I I had too many thoughts I it was 10 year old me was a mess and then relatable up I've only seen the beginning of Up. I never made it past it. Am I interested in revisiting? No. Did I enjoy the Up cartoon on Disney Plus? Yes, I did. It was cute. Um, and Wally, I couldn't get past. Um, I don't know. I was just thinking about like you know the people in the spaceship. Like there's like there's like ideas within these films that like I'm so hyper fixated on that like it could turn out to everything resolved in the end. But it's like I can't move past like the things of like the earth has gone to trash and everyone's overweight on this plane or this ship and it's like all of this stuff and so it's like those ideas are ingrained in me where I've never progressed past on any of those films will I ever probably not but <laughs> I have overcome my Monsters Inc fear and I think that's enough I'm so proud <laughs> um we've got uh I'll do that one last um Kenzie who couldn't be on tonight asked if we didn't have the animated feature category do you think more animated films would get into best picture and I will let I'll let Adriana go first in this one I feel like he's got a lot of thoughts um I maybe it's possible like, well, I think that like someone like Ratatouille or Wally, where you could definitely argue they were close. I think that was less of a, oh, we're already giving them animated feature thing and more of a, like, there are only five slots thing. So I, it, it's definitely a possibility. I think that voters would um, think, w- w- wouldn't uh, have that mentality. I definitely agree with that to just be like, well, we're giving them animated feature. I don't know for a fact if it would result in more Best Picture nominations, though. Because, like, the only, like, animated feature or, like, Pixar or, or animated in general that I think, like, in, in the past, in, in the expanded era um, that didn't get nominated, I, I can argue could have gone in was Inside Out. And, you know, and I don't think... And so, yeah, I, I'm going to say probably not, you know? I think that the thing is that the animated category in some way like a legitimizes animated films as Oscar prospects but also like 
Knowing about voters, what I know about them, I don't think they'd watch the animated films at all if they didn't have the category. Mm -hmm. A lot of them still don't. And I think that you might occasionally still get a film in the best picture category, but it would, I don't think it would be any more than we already do. Like, because it would have to be something really big. Like, because think about it, even if, even the films that the voters are obviously seeing, if they have kids, something like Frozen, that doesn't get into, um, you know, best picture, which you could argue whether or not it's worth it. We also have many movies that get into best picture that probably do not deserve to be there. Um, So I, I just really think that without the category, and it's the same, I think, for documentaries, people wouldn't consider them almost at all. I was going to say, um, I was going to say it's actually, in my opinion, similar to international feature, where I feel like we almost had to get over that hump of people saying, people differentiating animated films versus, or not, not animated, international films versus like Oscar films. And now we finally like kind of got past that hump where it's like, yes, these international films are made and are just as well as any film that are is released in America and is part of the Oscar race. And I feel like there's that kind of same hump where it's like we almost need the animated uh, the animated category to ultimately get to that point. Um, and by taking it away, I feel like, like you said, a lot of people probably wouldn't you know, wouldn't watch them unless they were a massive like Disney, maybe Pixar project. I think especially too, if you consider that like anything that's going to get into best picture is going to win animated. Mm-hmm. Like that's just how it works. Yeah. yeah. Then something being the front runner in animated means it's more likely to get seen, which means it's more likely to get nominated for best picture. Yeah. And I feel like if we didn't have that, because I agree that like I got so annoyed at this year's Oscars and they made Lily James say it, which is upsetting because it wasn't Lily James' thought. But the whole thing of like animations for kids and we love that. It's like, well, no, animation is an art form within itself that's just an aspect of cinema. Shout out and, Guillermo del Toro and Lord and Miller. They're always Seth, on Shout it. out Seth Rogen, Evan <laughs> Goldberg, Sausage parties. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Um, but it's this thing where I think if we didn't have the animated category, I agree that like, I don't even think it would just be a question, but if anything, I think Disney would have like some sort of monopoly on it. I mean, more so than they already do because they've got the funds to push for a major marketing campaign, whereas other, um, smaller, smaller, like even DreamWorks, I think wouldn't be able to pull that off. So I think it Honestly, I hate to put this much credibility on the Oscars, to be quite honest, but I think having that animated category is actually keeping the animated medium alive in some aspects. Yeah, I agree. And I agree with with the fact. And that's why that's why I like seeing movies like Into the Spider-Verse. And even though Mitchell's First the Machines didn't win, it was easily the second. And so you're starting to see like Sony, especially Lord and Miller, the Lord and Miller part of Sony, which was such a big get for them, really yeah. start pushing like animation is film. It's not animated film. It's just all a part of it. Um, and so I really, 
do hope we start seeing more in the future. Jillian, any thoughts? Yeah, I think what you touched upon about the international feature, um, I kind of feel the same with animated. It's like they validate that it's like, okay, you're a film and you're among this and we like you, but do we like you enough to put you on the same like playing field as a best picture? It's kind of like that. I used to like have a way to describe this, but I think it's like that. It's like we acknowledge you, but like we don't think you're on par to be... Mm -hmm with best picture or to be in that competition so we're just going to put you in your own category and like let you do your thing over there and I think that's what often happens in both like you know animated and national documentary and all of that and I think touching upon um what Lex said about what Lily James said about like animation is for kids I think it's up to the academy to better educate their voters of like we said this and we were wrong and like let's look on getting more showcases for other animation styles or other animation that's not specifically like a Frozen or like what's, I feel like that's probably the only one that feels like kids movie to me, but like, you know, like really expanding the education of their voters to kind of look more as animation can hold so much more. And I think a lot of directors in the live action space are starting to realize the power of animation and like, I mean, like, look at David Fincher and, like, what he's doing, and I think a lot of people, like, Alfonso Cuaron and, like, Guillermo del Toro, like, they, I think if they had the time, they would also jump into animation, and so I think we are, we will probably start seeing more filmmakers, like, jumping into that, and it's kind of sad that that's the validation needed to be, like, this can be, you know, you could have Wally in the same category as, like, I don't know, like marriage story. Like, you know, like these are like, these two films can be competing for best picture. Um, but yeah, I think they just are like, we want to we want to highlight you, but we don't think you're like good enough to be in the main competition amongst everything. Because they would also nominate them across the board too, if they thought that, mm-hmm. you know, these were worth something other than just like, oh, like our kids talked about this. And, and they, they have nominated them across the board and not yeah. given them a picture nomination. I mean, Ratatouille, Ratatouille got five nominations and animated win. Wally got six nominations, animated win. Neither of them got um, a best picture nomination. Also, we know that the Academy has a genre bias not just mm-hmm. against animated films but against horror films yeah. and against like mm-hmm. I think that mm-hmm. all of this yeah I think all this sort of just goes towards the fact that the academy still has this idea of what an Oscar movie yeah. is and it's yeah. quite strict and I think that we are starting to see it deviate from that a bit and I think that's yeah. we're getting more and more new academy members the line is getting blurrier like, yeah and I, I think that maybe as time goes on if we can break down like some of those barriers it will break down the others as well in terms of considering horror comedy animation I mean a lot of people thought we was gonna yeah. be able to break in this year too I yeah. feel like the way that an animated sh- movie should be looked at for Oscar contending is that's word right yeah Um, contention contention thank you is um honestly I feel like it should be looked at in the way that we would look at any um movie Mm -hmm. that's up for it of of what the screenplay is of the direction of the overall picture but then the animation portion I think should be viewed as like the equivalent of a 
uh, of a oh, DP. So it should be like best animation. Like best animation. Do you know what I mean? Of yeah. like mm-hmm. the the art of the animation itself, but separate from the movie. Mm-hmm. Because then it is this thing where are we now going to start splicing genres of well now we got to give an Oscar for be- which I understand that we've been doing animated movie for twenty years now but right at this point okay do we need a best horror movie a best comedy best musical like right, right. is this going to just turn into the Golden Globes like <laughs> rip, rip. <laughs> um, I think I think what Jillian said is really important too um, I think once we start getting and I know Steven Spielberg's a massive like advocate for animated movies. Um, I think once we start getting the David Fincher's, the Guillermo del Toro's, um, like these kind of directors that are so well established as Oscar directors, as you know, these big name people. I feel like once we start getting them into the animation, I mean, like everyone here knows who Pete Doctor is. Um, yeah. Most people who intake a lot of movies, Oscar stuff, they know who Pete Doctor is. But I still bet a lot of the Oscar voters don't know who Pete Doctor is, even though he's probably one of the most prolific animated directors, at least in the last 20 years. Um, and so I feel like once we start, and I like Jillian said, I hate that it has to get to this point. But if we start getting people like Guillermo del Toro, people like Spielberg, people like, mm-hmm. you know, Greta Gerwig, like these people that people love and they know these names to do animated films, then they're like, oh, if, you know, if David Fincher is doing an animated film, I can, I'm going to watch that because I love David Fincher movies and I'm going to see what he can do in that spectrum. Um, next question is from Selma Linda. Uh, we've got two more questions. It says, which Pixar movie should have won screenplay? And I will go through the screenplay nominations. It was Toy Story 1, Finding Nemo, Incredibles, Ratatouille, Wally, Up, and Toy Story 3. So of the seven, uh, Nicole Lex. Who do you think should have won? Yeah. Ratatouille? <laughs> yeah. It hurts me to pick it over Incredibles, but I do, again, it's just too smart. You sold it to me. You sold me that damn rat. <laughs> have your damn Oscar. <laughs> Jillian? Um, obviously Ratatouille. <laughs> Team Ratatouille. Adriana, are you the same? Uh... No. <laughs> well, Peer pressure me, didn't work. It didn't. <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, well, let me be clear. It should win, but if I had to pick one, I would say Inside Out. If I, I've, I've been adamant about it before. If I had to pick one, it would be Wally. Um, I do, I do understand what Ratatouille was selling, but I also think that there's so much in the screenplay of Wally that I like I want to read it because those first like 30 pages have to be mostly dialogue and then like a blip of him saying Eve but it's like I feel like that screenplay of creating that world and creating the situation and like doing all of that through visuals and through action without bringing in any dialogue to like explain what's happening until you know probably an hour into the film is kind of impressive I think and 
the last one is of the Pixar animated films, which one Pixar movie do you think should have won Best Picture? Should have won, not been nominated, should have won Best Picture. Uh, I'll start with, I'll start with myself. I'm going to go Wally again. Uh, not, okay. not too far off the thing. Shocking. Uh, again, ahead of its time, I think it's the classic love story that they go for. Um, and yeah, I just love it so much. Jillian? Um, it was Wally Up and Toy Story 3. Those are the three. No, three. just Toy Story 3 and Up. Yeah, just Toy, Story, just Toy Story 3 and Up were the two that were nominated, but of any Pixar. Oh, like of any, any? Yes. I'm going to go with Inside Out. I just love, I mean, that one and Ratatouille are like neck and neck, but I just think like Inside Out would have been such a like, I don't know, something about that movie. Just even though it's so sad, like you can just turn it on. Like you could just continue to watch that. And I think it did push a lot of boundaries. Um, it would have been a really interesting like winner and pick to be up there. Nicole Lex, Lex Nicole. I'm gonna say Toy Story, even though I've said for however long now that I think Incredibles is one of the best movies ever. I think Toy Story, but just because it was such, it correct me if I'm wrong, it was the first full length CGI movie, right? I think so. Yeah, I'm pretty and sure. I, it I is. Think just from where it opened up such in the same way that Snow White did as the first full-length um, animated film like it was such a novel concept at the time and it's something that we wouldn't have we, we would think nothing of now because I mean now most animated movies are computer animated um, so if for nothing else then just the groundbreaking overall kind of I lost my train of thought. I just think that it it started this path, this wonderful, beautiful path. And I think it should have been recognized for just like the groundbreaking elements of the time. So I decided to look at like what I'm throwing out as best picture winners if I pick a Pixar film. Um, I would very comfortably have Coco win in 2017. Um, because I love Del Toro, but I do not like The Shape of Water. But my actual answer I'm going to say, um, because I want to be as chaotic as possible, is that I would have Toy Story 3 win in 2010. Um, fuck the King's Speech and the social network. Toy Story 3 for best picture. <laughs> I'm behind it. Yeah, I can get behind it. If we could get rid of that debate between the King's Speech and the Social Network, and say, Wait, is there even a debate between the two? Just play devil's advocate and say, let's think if it was between Toy Story three and, and those the Social two. Network. Yeah. Oh, that's not fair. <laughs> it still would be Toy Story three. It would be. I could see a world. Where, I don't know like, if that would be my answer, but I don't think I'd see a world. A world where like Finding Nemo, like the story of Finding Nemo, is so like. Mm -hmm. such like what the academy would look for that I feel like I could have seen that like if it was like now I could see that story slipping in if it was a real story about yeah. fish if you had like replaced if you did the exact same story finding Nemo but replaced fish with humans yep it absolutely yeah. like, a, a like or with dogs. Sun, something <laughs> I feel like if you look at every Pixar plot 
the Finding yeah. Nemo is the strongest best picture one. That's fair. Yeah, for what they look for. You get the right actors in it. And you, you keep Willem Dafoe. You keep Willem Dafoe. <laughs> Willem Dafoe's taking this little kid and which I imagine he does in real life, honestly. I want to see it. I want to see like a real kid stuck in a pipe and Willem Dafoe walks by and little kid's like, hey, what's me? And he's like, no, you got yourself in this. You can get yourself out. Woody Norman. Let's let's make this movie. Adriano. Joaquin Phoenix will play. Oh my. Oh no. No. Joaquin versus Willem. Let's make it happen. Yeah, this is the Joker movie that they want. Yes. When is Paul Trow will play Dory because she can't. Willem Dafoe as Harley. (laughs) (laughs) My my answer is going to be boring because Nicole already said it. Uh, I'm going to say Toy Story 3 because. Well, for one, I, I know Jillian was like, oh, make it Toy Story 3 versus Social Network. And no, I don't want to do that. So I'm just going to say it's Toy Story 3 versus King Speech. And I think that's stuttering a little prick and get the fuck out of here because Toy Story 3 is so much better yeah. in every conceivable way. Um, it, it, well, me, it's also my favorite um, Pixar movie, so it works. And also it's like, who? it's one of those movies where it's like, well, who doesn't like it? It made like a, a billion dollars. It's like <laughs> a huge thing. It, it, it's like, it's me. It. I'm gonna ignore that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that my answer would be Toy Story Three. Um, I like that. That's a good question. It was a good question. It was. I'm trying to look and actually see about the box office. Let's I think it see. did make over a billion. I know. Okay, so Incredibles. Okay, Incredibles Two. Oh, I should have asked. Incredibles 2 is number one at 1.2 billion. That's kind of shocking to me. Like a lot. Really? It outperformed Toy Story 3. Number two is Toy Story 4 at 1.07 billion. Oh, yeah. Number three is Toy Story 3 at 1.068 billion. And Finding Dory is number four at 1.025. Now, Mm -hmm. I'm going to ask. What Are is these the adjusted next for inflation? <laughs> uh, not according to this. I am oh, pretty sure. Yeah. <laughs> I mean. So what did you say was number four? Finding Dory. Oh, that adds up. Um, okay, what do you think is the number five? Cars 2. Inside Out. Well, judging by number, that Inside Out is six. Coco? Well, Coco judging seven. by that pattern, I think Monsters it's planes. Um, <laughs> University is eight. I was about to say that. <laughs> I was about to say that. She's just missing one. I was about to say Monster <laughs> University, damn it. The first cars? Uh, no, the first cars is way far down. It didn't even make wait, 500 million. Wait, is it not Monsters University? Is it Inside no, Out? No, Monsters University is Inside Out. So one, two, three, four, five. Inside Out is six. Coco seven. Monsters University is eight. Is it 743 million? Is it Cars 2? No. Is it Toy Story 2? No. (laughs) Toy Story 2 is very low. Wait, what? America. Oh no. Is it car is it Cars 3? Cars 3 is lower than Cars 1. It's not great shit. Is it Disney's planes? Is it the good dinosaur? (laughs) No. This is so funny. The good dinosaur is. I'm not going to count Onward because Onward was, was yeah yeah we gave that one a pass. I was and Onward was during the thing, 
Uh, the Good Dinosaur is the lowest um, Pixar earner ever. Is it Wally? No. Oh, it's up, it's isn't it? No, is it it's not up. Think? Up is after Monsters University. Up is like nine. I think Jacob's pulling one on us. No, he's right on two. He's 11. Yeah, we said all the Pixar Jacob movies. Jacob had a two, 11. Has Jacob miscounted? No. <laughs> I know, that's where my head's at. We said all the Pixar Hang movies. On. No, you no, didn't. It's killing me. Is it first, light year? The first Incredibles. No, the first Incredibles is number 10. Hang on. I'm going through. I'm going to get it. Hang on. Got Toy you, Story. you have missed this one. Bugs Life? No, Bugs Life is the second lowest. What decade did it come out in? The 2000s. 20,000. The, the 2000s. <laughs> um, okay, hang on. So Is that, it Finding Nemo? Yes. Oh, oh my God. Really? <laughs> Finding Nemo made yeah, 936. Did it not have a re-release? They had a re-release, didn't it? Um, its production budget is one of the lower ones of 94 million. Opening weekend was 70 million, and then domestic was 380 million. So it made a lot overseas. I, I literally guess good dinosaur over Finding Nemo. <laughs> I deserve fair, to be put down. No, to be fair, though, with the ones that he was naming, that would have made more sense. <laughs> so, oh, that's about like, um, like the scrapped Pixar like ideas, like, um, they were supposed to do that one about the reptiles, but then Rio mm-hmm. came out and I guess it was the same concept. And so that they went and did the, the good dinosaur. And the good dinosaur was supposed to be a completely different movie than what ended up happening. Yeah. Yeah. Neil Patrick Harris and Bill Hader were still like supposed to be in it and they both got axed. And I well, was that's in- what a loss. Oh my God. So I like, took that. Yeah, no, not, not literally. <laughs> I was in Bill Hader phase at the time, so I took it personal, and I think that's honestly why I didn't like The Good Dinosaurs, because I was so mad about it. Um, all right. So, that's the show. Um, done our Pixar episode, Oscars, all that kind of fun stuff. Jillian, where can everyone find you? Uh, not, in, not in the real world. Don't tell no. that. Where can everyone find you online? I'm trying to think of what my handles are. Uh, oh, my Twitter is Jillian Chili, and then you can find me at Offscreen with Jillian and Sophia.com. And then on TikTok, I'm Offscreen with Jillian. Her TikToks are amazing. You should definitely, yes, they are. Um, (laughs) thank you, Nicole and Lex. You can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and Letterboxd at Nicole Hackman 16. I will not stop pushing my Letterboxd account until I'm a Letterboxd influencer. Um, and you can also, if you'd like to see more of me and Lexi uh, and Jacob in podcast yeah. action, you yeah. can check out uh, the Barbie Breakdown Barbie podcast Breakdown. also on the Music City Drive-In podcast network. It will be the most chaotic thing you have ever listened to. Yeah. And most of that is because of me, and I apologize. <laughs> I don't know that that's... I thought after the last episode, I was going to get kicked off. <laughs> I, Jacob and I almost got in a fist fight in the last episode, so that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Where I... Oh, Lex, sorry. where can they Hi. find you? Hello. Um, they can find me on Twitter and Instagram at, at AlexisWilly, W-I-L-L-I underscore i think that's also my name on letterbox i think so um and if you want to follow me on tiktok um i'm at moonshoes lexi i'm at nicole Brittany 16 please follow me on tiktok i want to make money off tiktok 
I don't know what I'm going to do, but I want money. <laughs> Adriano, where can they find you? Um, you can find me on uh, Twitter at a danger C and Currently, my thing is Adriana Locus Caparuso for the 2022 hit film Jurassic World Dominion. <laughs> um, you also find me at, on my YouTube channel where I basically do predictions and reviews at just, basically just my name. And if you want to find me on TikTok, uh, too bad I don't have one. <laughs> oh, wait. Also, um, if you want to follow my dog on Instagram, its Instagram yes. account is Theo Van Gogh Pup. Uh, I will be posting content there so that I don't annoy all my followers by posting too much dog content on my account. Um, you can find me on Twitter, uh, Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, Letterbox, <laughs> wherever, uh, at Tberry57. He didn't um, deny it. The actual different one, you can find me on TikTok at Tickety Talk. Um, because you very... posted so recently. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have, I have my past. <laughs> I don't um, talk about it again. I, I never want to hear that story again. No, no, we'll cut that. Um, <laughs> Keep it. No, yeah. Keep it. <laughs> yeah, Tickety Talk is where you can follow me there. The video that Lex is talking about is dead and gone. It better be. Um, and you can find all of the all of the work at oscarcentral.com. Um, that's where you can find all of Kenzie's hard work. Uh, remember everyone go send her you know get well letters and whatever else she needs for her time off um and until next time that's the show i don't know how to do an out intro outro so i'm going to push this little stop button and hope that it <laughs> saves the recording yes. i'm it didn't okay <laughs> i pushed the stop button once and nothing happened do i have to push it again it still says recording